No Salzburg, no party? Just you tell that to the fans of SK Sturm and Rapid Vienna as they go head-to-head in the Austrian Cup final. Hello and welcome to the other Bundesliga podcast. In part one of today's podcast, it's all about the cup final. I'll avoid that weird cliche of saying that we're up for the cup, but that is definitely the main focus of this episode, despite there having been some pretty big games in Austria recently. But this one, the cup final, trumps all of that. After that, in the second part, we'll cast a little look around the Bundesliga the high flyers of the bottom half, Austria Lussenau, will be mentioned. But uh, anything else will be wrapped up in that second section of this episode. My name's Tom Midler, and to discuss all of that, Simon Clark and Lee Wingate are with me. How are you doing, Simon? I saw you were in Turkey recently, weren't you? How was that? Yeah, that's correct, Tom. Yeah, it was very nice. Just a nice, very relaxing holiday. I've been, I've been working very hard over the last few weeks, so I thought I needed a nice holiday. There wasn't any football involved, though, although there was a couple uh, football games in about like 35, 40 kilometres away. But I thought, nah, there are more important things than football sometimes. If, if you can believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really can't, but I can't believe you went all the way to Turkey and you didn't end up at a big Turkish football game. But I know it is nice to actually go abroad and, and not necessarily be dependent on on the sports that are around you all the time. Um, exactly, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Definitely saw some nice photos from Turkey. Uh, Lee, what's going on for you? I've also been in Turkey, according to the other Bundesliga's Gmail account, which Simon has <laughs> accidentally managed to sync to tell us that we've all been there. So oh. I had a wonderful time vicariously in Antalya. I didn't see that yet. I'm in the US in a cupboard right now recording this a la Harry Potter. So, um, yeah, what can I say? And I'm off to the Seattle Sounders tonight. Ooh. Oh, very nice. Yeah, US Open Cup back at their old stadium as well. And maybe uh, Sota Kitahara, who used to play in Austria, is going to get some minutes for the first team Sounders tonight. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, who are they playing exciting. against? Uh, they're playing against San Diego Loyal, which is um, Landon Donovan's team. Um, and I heard Landon Donovan described as the American Iniesta yesterday, which I thought was <laughs> quite apt, <laughs> to be fair. We were talking about panels of US pundits and somebody said, who's that? The uh, the US Iniesta one. It was Landon Donovan. So I'm hoping to to see Landon Donovan tonight, of course, uh, if he's going to support, if he's loyal to San Diego Loyal. Anything else you want to talk about, Lee? Anything else that you've been up to? Oh, no, I realised I didn't actually give a serious answer to that question. Um, mostly <laughs> just been very busy with our sister show, The Sweeper, making some new episodes with some crazy stories. Lots of them involved beer on the last episode. Some players getting drunk, some referees getting drunk. Everyone's been getting drunk around Europe. Um, and otherwise, yeah, went down to Graz with Simon on Sunday, which I'm sure we'll touch on uh, a little bit in the final segment. Definitely, we will. Um, as I alluded to, I'm recording this from a cupboard in Seattle, Washington in the USA. I'm having a great time in the Pacific Northwest. But the downside to this all is that I will miss the cup final. You two will be holding down the fort. Um, let's have a look towards that monumental game. Rapid Vienna against Sturm Graz, a massive crowd expected. How excited are you guys to go and to to be there in Klagenfurt? Yeah, very. I think uh, what we've always talked about since we've started doing this pod has been seeing a team other than Salzburg win a trophy. We started this pod in July 2018 when Sturm Graz were the freshly crowned OFB Cup champions. But ever since then, it's just been Salzburg all the way in the league and the cup. And now we're guaranteed to have a different winner. 
and it's going to be one of Austria's most tradition steep clubs, either the record champions ending this really long 15 year trophy drought or Sturm Graz, who are Salzburg's closest challengers in the league, really, you know, showing what they're made of at the moment under Christian Ilse. So I think it's set up really nicely. And whatever the outcome, I think it's going to be good for Austrian football. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic occasion to have a cup final, which is, uh, I believe, sold every ticket is uh, something that doesn't happen too often. There's going to be at least 30,000 fans in the Vertice Stadion in Klagenfurt. Um, I think both sets of fans are just so excited about what's about to happen uh, at the weekend. And yeah, it's uh, the fact that we're going to have a team that isn't Salzburg going to win a trophy is just insane. And I mean, just because of Salzburg not being in the final, therefore makes it the most exciting final we've had in a long time. So <laughs> it's going to be uh, two teams wanting it all, and it's going to be a fantastic experience to, to be inside the stadium, for sure. You might think that without Salzburg, we wouldn't have an overwhelming favourite, but I'd probably argue that given the way the, the fixtures have gone recently, given the way the league is lining up and everything that's happened this year, Rapid, their first, technically it's a home cup final for Rapid. Um it's Rapid v Sturm is what I mean by that, rather than Sturm v Rapid officially. And I would say Rapid would be the underdogs. Uh, they've only won one of their four games in the championship round. Uh, they won that one 3-1 at home against Klagenfurt, which was seen as the sort of weaker uh, of the ties in the championship round that they've played so far. They beat Viazzi and Reed. Viazzi after extra time, Reed 2-1 in a nervy finale. That was uh, their quarterfinal and semi-final. So they're not exactly looking like a super safe pair of hands in their quest to get that elusive first title for a long, long, long time. No, I think as well, it's not just form, but the head-to-head is overwhelmingly in Sturm Graz's favour. They've won all three of the Bundesliga games between the two teams this season. I think as well, Rapid haven't managed a single win in their last nine clashes with Sturm in all competitions. So you have to say, like, the... The, the form curve at the moment and the head-to-head record are very much pointing towards uh, Sturm Graz's win. And I think I'd be quite surprised if Rapid did win, to be honest. So, yeah, I guess we do have a favourite. So they've got a rubbish record in terms of the last few years against Salzburg. They've got a pretty terrible record against Sturm as well, as you mentioned there. No wins in nine against Sturm. Can we just say that they've got a bad record against good teams? Because I feel like at the moment they're not exactly... Uh, in the best form and in the best position going into this game. Yeah, well, if you throw Austria-Vienna into that mix as well, in the Vienna derby, they have a pretty dismal record at the moment and they haven't won at their own stadium, have they, since it opened in 2016 against Austria-Vienna yet. So sort of all of the teams around them, they, they kind of rely on results against the teams below them for any kind of, yeah, for all of their points at the moment. I think they are generally quite hopeless when it comes to these bigger games they got brushed aside by Lask recently too um they have got a game between we're we're recording this just before the last round of Bundesliga games that's my fault because of the time difference in the US but there are some catch-up Bundesliga games for the cup finalists uh, midweek before this cup final and Rapid play Salzburg how about that as a preparation going into the cup final that surely is a game that could destroy their confidence if they get hammered as they often tend to do against Salzburg but I guess by the same token if they go there and you know go and get a result at home against Salzburg that might be transformational for the team ahead of the cup final yeah exactly Tom but like I mean you could argue as well that Rapid <laughs> like which match are they going to take more seriously out of the two 
the game against Salzburg where they haven't won in what, how many games is it now? 17, 18, or the cup final. So I can imagine them playing a weakened team tonight. However, I'm not sure that would be the, the best course of action if I was Rapid Vienna because you want to, because if you beat Salzburg this evening, that is such a huge, that's such a huge thing for, for the club after so many uh, losses in a row. Like they haven't beat them, they haven't beaten Salzburg in like four four years, I believe. So if, if if they were to to beat Salzburg this evening, that would set them up for the cup hugely. But the thing is, if they if they lose heavily, which let's be honest is the is the more likely thing, then of course they're going to head into the final in pretty bad way. But yeah, I mean that's the thing about these these midweek fixtures being organised before the cup final rather than after the cup final. It, it could change everything going into the final. Really, it certainly makes it a very big week. And uh, yeah, I think you're right there. If they do aim for the cup final, rest a lot of legs, and get smashed by Salzburg, that would um, be an even bigger wobble for them. You know, of course it would be understandable, but um, it still just would not help the momentum at all. Rapid tending to play a 4-2-3-1 at the moment. And I've been finding, especially in the, the latter part of this season where they've stalled really, it seems to be their front three in behind the striker, the three attacking midfielders. If they don't get into the game, then Guido Burgstaller then apparently gets very isolated. I feel like Rapid haven't been very good at mixing it up when they get in trouble in games. They don't seem to really have a second gear that they can turn to. Uh, Burgstaller is usually good for a single goal at least. He's a constant threat. But elsewhere, Droif is still finding his fitness. Uh, Nicholas Kuhn, probably one of the most exciting players at that Rapid team, in that Rapid team this season, in terms of the attacking midfielders. He's still not match fit after a long injury, but I think someone, somebody like Kuhn has the difference uh, potential to be a difference maker, I suppose. And uh, it would be good to see him back and fit by by the time for the game in Klagenfurt. But an even bigger blow for Barisic and Rapid is Leo Querfeld out for the whole season after an injury in the derby. Um, I'd say probably their best defender in terms of actual defensive duties this season. You know, their best centre back rather than the fullbacks who have been very good, but. Kvefeld is a is a huge loss to them. Um, and I don't like the fact that they've been gifting goals lately. Heddle's playing well in goal, but his defence, Solbauer has come in for a lot of criticism, especially, but it's not just him. His whole defence have gifted huge chances to the opposition in the last few games. And if they do anything like that, they won't stand a chance against Salzburg. And I don't think they'll stand a chance against Sturm Graz either. No, I suppose they do have their defensive frailties. But then having watched Storm at the weekend, I think Sai and I were a little bit alarmed at the uh, Mercur Arena in Graz to see some of the gaps that are opening up in the second half, the way that ball was played over, particularly towards Benjamin Chesco for the goal for 2-0. So I think there's some defensive frailties that can be exploited on both sides and I suppose it just depends which rapid Vienna get and which Sturm Graz we get because the Sturm Graz we saw on Sunday was a long way from being the best Sturm Graz we've seen this season. Yeah let's move on to Sturm Graz and talk about that game obviously it was an unusual Bundesliga scenario this weekend great that you guys could be there in in Graz but you had Graz against Salzburg late on in the season and this was billed as a almost a proper title showdown obviously not a title decider per se, but had Sturm got a result in that game, they would have absolutely been realistically in the title race for the first time in such a long time. We would have a real, uh, yeah, real title race sort of going towards the wire as it were. Um, as it was, 
it was an unusually flat performance, as you mentioned. What what was that like? Was there a case of Sturm obviously having half an eye on the cup final as well? Or or do you think they were really going for this and, and trying to fight on two fronts? I think it was a really odd match to watch because before the match, when the teams came out, the, the uh, Sturmgratz fans behind the goal had this m- massive TIFO just saying, like, make a stream and believe. You could sense there was a lot of pressure on, on the players as they were walking out. And the first half really wasn't a good first half of football. It wasn't a good advert for the league. And, and they didn't have a shot on goal. Second half was a slightly better performance. But again, they didn't have a shot on goal. <laughs> you know, uh, Salzburg really had them at ease, really. So it was a very disappointing performance for Sturmgratz. But I think maybe it was the occasion of, if we win today, my God, we're going to go top of the league. And they just failed to perform to the occasion. I'm not sure how that will affect the cup final um, on the weekend. But I would say, yeah, to look back at that game would be a big missed opportunity because it wasn't the Sturmgratz we've seen this season who have been fantastic, free-flowing, attacking, exciting football. This was a very turgid game and Salzburg took their chances, basically. I think what worries me about that is that you've said, you know, they sort of, were overawed maybe by the occasion. They didn't perform in a massive game. Of course, Salzburg are a very good opponent and they were under real pressure for the first time in years. Salzburg were in real pressure in the league. But if Sturm got a little bit overawed and didn't turn up for that one, um, now I think we can say the league title is, is pretty much out of reach. Now the gap's gone to five points. Of course, it's not over yet, but Salzburg have firmly put themselves back in the driving seat with that victory in Graz. But now... If they're going from sort of dreaming, as you said, the fans were asking about the, you know, the banner, they, they, they wanted the club to let them dream. If they were dreaming about fighting on two fronts, suddenly now it looks much more likely that it's going to be the cup rather than the league if they are to get silverware this season. And that just adds pressure to the cup final, doesn't it? Because now it's sort of all down to this. And if they did lose, if they were to lose uh, in Klagenfurt, then what has been a brilliant season and a, a really well-played season full of potential would be potentially down the drain and, and you know to leave empty-handed this season would be a very very bitter blow for Sturm. Yeah I agree to some degree I think there's obviously going to be pressure on both finalists both of them will be desperate to win and it does cloud both of their seasons if they lose but I think that Rapid's season goes from being decent to a real failure if they lose because of this long trophy drought 15 years And this is their opportunity. They're not up against Salzburg in the final like they were in 2019. This is their moment and they have to take it. And if they don't, then all they have is a very big missed opportunity in the cup and a league campaign where they finish probably fourth or fifth uh, at the moment is is how it's looking. For Sturm Graz, of course, it's a big opportunity, but they did win the cup against Salzburg five years ago. And they have undoubtedly had a very good league campaign to the degree that we can still talk about a title race in April. So I think that it is definitely pressure on for both teams, but more pressure for Rapid Vienna. If you think of who Sturm have come through against, obviously they beat Lask in the semi-finals, they beat Salzburg on penalties in the quarterfinals. It's, it's not being biased to say that, but just looking at the run, based on the run alone, there's a feeling that, that Sturm kind of deserve it, that this is their trophy. I know that Rapid fans would probably value this trophy more than anything. <laughs> if the trophy was was up for adoption, they would be the parents that that wanted it the most, you know, that loved it more than anybody else could love it because Rapid is so desperate for a trophy. But Sturm 
have have they earned their place in the final sort of fair and square, haven't they? Wouldn't you say that if anybody wins the trophy without having beaten Salzburg, there's always sort of an asterisk by it? Uh, I mean, yeah, to a point. Um, I mean, yeah, you can argue that, that, that of course, that they beat Salzburg and, and they uh, and they beat Lask in the semis, who are the team in third and in and in first. However, you know, if a team wins the cup final, a team wins the cup final. It, it doesn't matter who you beat in the quarters or the semis, it matters who you beat in the final. So I think for if Rapid were to win the cup, I don't think they'd care, you know, <laughs> about yeah, not beating Salzburg. They definitely know. wouldn't care. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> cup purists perspective there. Um, I, I mentioned a few of the players at Rapid. Should we mention a few of the Sturm players as well? Because they've gone with a slightly different formation this season. Christian Ilts has gone with them, usually playing a 4-3-1-2 as opposed to the 3-1 up front for Rapid. And I like this more with the one attacking midfielder and the two forwards. You've got somebody like Otakitaishvili, if he's fit, in the hole often. Uh, you've got players like Pras doing really well in the midfield. Horvat has been really, really good this season and a crucial player in their cup campaign as well, Horvat. And they've got this young defence with the likes of Affengruber, Dante, Borkovic. I know Vutrich has been injured for a while. And now, perhaps crucially, Sakaria and Emega up front, suddenly now getting a bit more often in the goals. And Sturm is uh, starting to look a bit more like a complete package, aren't they? Yeah, I think uh, of all those players that you mentioned there, Tom, I would probably highlight Sakaria and Emega up front as the forward duo, especially because we talked earlier about Querfeld being... Uh, out for the season now, not going to play in that cup final. Uh, do I trust Solbauer to contain Sakaria and Emega? Sakaria with his very quick movement and thinking and Emega with his excellent finishing. I really don't think there's a, you know, it's going to be an even battle in that sense. I think Sturm come out clearly on top. So I think their forward duo um, will be key on Sunday. So the magic of the Austrian Cup, we've talked about the weaknesses and strengths maybe of the two teams. Sturm going in as favourites, Rapid going in as underdogs. Both teams going to be supported brilliantly by by huge numbers of fans. Um, it's a game that will mean so much to whoever does win it. As we've said, it's going to be so painful for the losing team who will have missed a huge opportunity. But, but after all that we've said, can Rapid actually win it? Can the cup throw up a bit of a surprise? Or is this one heading towards Sturm. Uh, I'm asking you to put your necks on the line a bit here and say who, how you think it's going to go. Maybe who's going to be the key player on the day? Of course, either team can win. It's a cup final. That's the magic of it. You have a good day, you have a bad day, of course. But if this game is played 10 times, I think Sturm Graz win it eight times. So it, it really just does depend on those fine margins, on the details, on the support on the day, on the atmosphere. Are there any short-term... Um, you know, withdrawals, late notice withdrawals, players out. I don't know. That kind of thing could make a difference. But I think, yeah, eight times out of 10, Sturm Graz win this cup final. Very sensible analysis from Lee Wingate. Simon, can you can you beat that? I think that, that Sturm Graz are the favourites. However, I think it's going to be a really tight match. Um, I can see it going to penalties, if I'm honest with you. Um, I just think the occasion is going to be so big. The atmosphere is going to be so big. It's going to be one of the best atmospheres we've ever seen in Austrian football, I think. And, um, ah, God. I mean, yeah, I think the, the favourites are Sturm Graz, but if Rapid won, that would be pretty cool. Um, Going down to penalties cool. is your pick. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine? Going down to penalties and then maybe a Rapid Vienna win. And then it means because we're all living here in Vienna, we get to see 
actual trophy celebrations here in Vienna for the first time since we've all lived here. So <laughs> I can't really imagine it. That, that would no, be so neither. remarkable. <laughs> because Austria Vienna won the Bundesliga in 2013 and you guys moved here in 2014. So you just about missed it. So um, yeah, maybe that would be fun. But whatever happens, there's going to be huge, huge celebrations, whoever wins. And that's what makes this cup final so intriguing. It's not Salzburg going to win. That means we've already won, you know? So... <laughs> <laughs> no offence to Salzburg fans. We, we no do like Salzburg, Salzburg fans, too, but yeah. it is time for somebody else to lift the trophy. It will do Austrian yeah. football some good. It will do us some good as well in terms of, you know, people always write to us and say, ah, Austria, just a one-team league kind of thing. So it will be great for either team to just have these these pictures, these images of them winning, you know, getting a legendary goal. Whatever happens in the game, it will become legendary for the winner for a long, long time. And, and that's going to be really nice to have. I would say that, to you know, I've made you put your necks on the line. I'm going to go for Sturm because the way they got through the semi-final, a really tight game against Lask, and Lask are a team playing very well at the moment as well. And they came through with with just resilience and then a moment of magic from the boot of Tommy Horvat. It was a wonderful goal. And it was the kind of goal in that game that you just knew that once they'd gone 1-0 up like that, you just knew once they'd broken the deadlock, the game was going to be theirs. They've got this ability to, to just close out games. And you can't necessarily close out a game against Salzburg, but it's not against Salzburg. And if they do go ahead in the second half, if they do edge their noses in front, I think they've got the ability to to hold this uh, and get this over the line professionally. I guess the only thing to counter that is that Rapid have had some pretty mental games recently, including the 3-3 derby. And they don't really do anything by the form book. They just sometimes score goals, sometimes gift goals against themselves. You, you don't know what you're going to get. So it's going to be very, very exciting. And uh, I'm really glad that you guys are going to be there for that. So uh, yeah, exciting times in the cup. It is, but it's not going to be the same without you, Tom. I think you might have just picked the worst time over the last five years to go on a holiday to the US. It's it is insane, isn't it? Maybe the biggest sort of title race game in Austrian football in the last de- half a decade and now the cup final without Salzburg in it. But I am having the time of my life over here, so it's all right. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind. I can say that without too much regret. And I'm looking forward to trying to find a stream of the Austrian cup final at an odd time in the morning in, in Seattle. <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners there, while Tom said he's not bothered about missing it, there was a please help sign being held up in front of the camera. He is <laughs> devastated. On that note, let's wrap it up for the cup final. and We'll come back in just a second to have a quick chat about the Austrian Bundesliga. Welcome back to the second part of the other Bundesliga podcast. We've covered the cup final in detail. That is the main meat and drink of this episode. But it would be remiss of us not to cast a glance towards the Austrian Bundesliga as things are still going strong there. As uh, Simon and Lee were talking about in part one, they went to Graz against Salzburg, probably the biggest game in the top six for a number of years. But after Salzburg came out with a fairly routine win and uh, relieved some of the pressure on their players and manager Jesler as well, uh, how are things panning out inside the top six? Well, I suppose pretty much as you'd expect them to. Salzburg pulling away five points clear. They do have that return game against Sturm Graz in Salzburg. It's very hard to envisage that five-point lead being turned over. And then three points behind Sturm Graz, you have Lask and you wonder, it's only three points. Could Lask end up stealing in and finishing in second place there, which I don't think anyone would really have seen coming. And then seven points behind Lask, you've got Rapid and a point behind them, both Austria Vienna and Austria Klagenfurt. So there's some kind of interesting races for second place and for fourth place as well. Yeah, Lask really... uh 
making the most of the the Punkteteilung, the halving of the points, and kicking on since the championship round has come in. They've they've looked very good at the moment. So it's uh, yeah, nice to see that. Maybe as you said, mixing it up in the the battle for the top two, which looked to be entirely decided for most of the season. Um, you, most of you all know by now, but we spoke to Keita Nakamura not that long ago, probably one of the stars of the Austrian Bundesliga season. And um, so we've got a nice interview piece with him in English out there. If you want to check that out, it's uh, obviously on our Twitter at Other Bundesliga. It's all over the Austrian Bundesliga website as well, because it was done for the uh, Austrian Bundesliga website, Bundesliga.at. So yes, you can see us talking to Keita Nakamura or read about us talking to Keita Nakamura if you're interested to hear a bit more about LASK and how they've done um, in the latter part of the season. What about further down in the top six? Because I know there were some shock results since I've been away in America. I've uh, I've been trying to keep on top of it as best I can, but I have seen some interesting eyebrow-raising results come through. Yeah, there was a shock result, if you could say that, between Austria Klagenfurt and, and Austria Vienna. Austria Klagenfurt going to the capital and picking up the victory. It was their first ever win in in the championship group, uh, which goes back to, to the last season as well. So that's. Uh, uh, that'll be f- 14 games, their first ever win in the in the top six. So shout out to Austria Klagenfurt for, for a wonderful away win. And it, it was a last minute winner as well. So happy days. Oh, I didn't know it was their first ever championship round win. Yeah, I forgot that they yeah. went entirely winless throughout last season. Amazing that they've been in the top six twice in a row, by the way, though. For a club who have a small fan base, they average, I believe, like three to four thousand fans. Of course, they play in a in a stadium that's hosting the cup final, holds thirty thousand. But um, you know, Klagenfurt is a small place, so yeah, for them to be in the top six two years in a row is yeah, really, really impressive. And now finally, they've got their first victory, and they're only two points behind Rapid in the table. So yeah, fourth place, you know, p- p- potentially Europe next season for Austria Klagenfurt. That would be interesting. This result just enhances the enigma of Austria Vienna for me because I just <laughs> I, I can't really I can't really analyze them like they almost beat Salzburg first team they would have been the first team to beat Salzburg in Salzburg in the league for two and a half years unfortunately they conceded a late equalizer in that one then they had the derby against Rapid 3-3 and they looked like they can really hold their own with some of the teams around them and then they go and lose at home to a Klagenfurt side that's just lost their best striker, Marcus Pink, um, who's gone to China. It, it just doesn't make any sense, really. I can't. I, I predicted this one in 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 the previews that we wrote as being a, a clear Austria Vienna win, and I'm just at, still shocked that it, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, sorry for your preview. R.I.P. That preview. But yeah. I, I was getting ready. I was gearing up for this pod, thinking basically. Under Michael Wimmer, Austria Vienna seem to have turned a corner. They look really good. They're playing especially well at home, but also just just playing good football, picking up a lot more wins. You know, they've pushed right back up in the league table. They've, you know, nullified their their point deduction and things, and it was all looking good. And then this result comes along. I guess this can't change that in its entirety. They are still on an upward curve, but yeah, definitely a strange game. Yeah, um, if you don't mind, Vienna. I think it's both just uh, Rapid Vienna and Austria Vienna are just the two most. Uh, <laughs> this is the two most random teams in the Bundesliga and that's why we enjoy them so much you never know what you're going to get down the lower half of the top six there um, I wanted to look quickly down at the bottom six because for me the outstanding team of 2023 in the Austrian Bundesliga it's a bit of a sleeper but I'd say it's uh, Marcus Marder's Austria Lustenau they're on such great form and he's doing a brilliant job in Vorarlberg they look to have faded a lot but they went 11 games without a win from August to November, an absolutely rank run after a good start to the season. Then in the last game of 2022, 
They won 3-0 against Altac, a crucial way to go into the winter break on a bit of a positive note. They lost Brian Teixeira, their best player, in the winter and then won one of their four games after the winter break. That was against Austria-Vienna, so that uh, furthers what we're talking about there. But they've won five of six games since then. They've really made the most of being in the bottom six rounds and they've really been able to compete against the teams in the lower half of the table. They've won four in a row in that five out of six win. Um, and now I think if they win their double header against Reed, which is coming up next, they've got bottom club Reed twice, they might well have the top spot sewn up in the relegation group. And it looked like VSG were going to stroll this group, but not at all. It's kind of continuing the tradition of overachieving promoted clubs in Austria, because if you think back over the past few years, we had VSG, Tyrol come up and then they've done very well ever since. You had Hartberg. Didn't Hartberg make it into the top six at one point as well and, and get into Europe? That game against Piasklavice, that, that one-off game um, in the Europa League, I want to say, qualifiers. Uh, and then who else have you had? Well, now Austria Klagen for two, yeah. yeah, two seasons in a row, which is is remarkable. These promoted clubs seem to come up, and they're not overawed. They can genuinely compete and and play better than some of the clubs that are already in the league. It's quite interesting to see. They really are playing very, very well as well now. Austria listen out. I, I think, as I said, it's really gone under the radar, but they tend to play three five two. And if I look around their starting eleven. You've got the likes of Jean Uganet, who started to play really well, the defender. Adriel popping up with some uh, an important goal recently as well. Another defender playing well. Uh, Grucic has been a really good defender in the last few months. And then there's players who've been good for a little bit longer or perhaps a bit more noticeable. Anderson, the, the winger. Uh, Stefano Sudanovic, the midfielder. Hakim Ganoush, who I picked out as one of the players to watch at Austria Listenau in the thread that I wrote not that long ago. Um, and even Lucas Friedrichas, the man who scored the winner against Austria-Vienna. Um, Friedrich Kass has got six goals and two assists. He's now level with Teixeira, who left, of course. And Anderson has got five goals and six assists, which is a very solid tally for, for anybody, really, in the Austrian Bundesliga. So they've somehow really managed to, to just strike while the iron's hot and, and play really, really well. Um, VSK said, said something weird recently about not wanting to play in Europe, perhaps about Europe being a distraction in their, their quest against relegation, which I thought sounded a little bit like sour grapes after they've been knocked off the top of the bottom six. And perhaps, uh, you know, they're, they're looking like their, their back door into European qualifiers might be slipping away. But you'd imagine that Austria Lustenau would, would relish a chance, to, uh, like Hartberg did, to, you know, get in and, and just play any kind of European game just for the history of the club, wouldn't you? But yeah, of course. I mean, if Austria Lister now get into Europe, the, the, they'll be replicating what their big rivals Altac had uh, uh, in the mid two thousands, mid two thousand ten. Sorry, two years in a row, they played quite a few heavyweights, and, and they even got to the playoff round of the Europa League. For Altac fans, I'm sure those trips into Europe were just a fantastic occasions. So, yeah, I think if any team from from a small village here in Austria gets into Europe, that's an all time moment in the history of the club. So, yeah, but, but then again. If you finished in seventh place, you have to win the playoff. It is quite difficult. It's not easy at all, is it? Yeah. <laughs> very, very tough to get through that. But Austria Listen now looking in position to get themselves into that playoff at least. That might change given, you know, whoever wins the cup final. That does mix things around when it comes to the playoffs and the European uh, entry points as well. But VSG really dropping off. They've won two of 10 in 2023. They've lost six of those 10 and they've gone five games without a goal in that 10. Um, so VSG struggling. 
Austria listen now taking advantage. And basically, I'm not really going to mention anybody else in the bottom six because nobody seems to be able to get a win. Hartberg keep opening up leads and then letting them go. Reed can't hold a lead if they go 1-0 in front. Everybody's just drawing every game and it, it never really changes the relegation picture. It, at some point, it's just going to drift towards something. But you know how it is in Austria. Somebody's going to get a crucial couple of wins somewhere, aren't they, and, and change that picture completely. But right now, it's not happening. And on that note, we'll leave you for this one. Enjoy the cup final. The results of the uh, last Bundesliga games before the cup final, you'll probably know those results by the time you hear this podcast. Have they changed anything with the way that the two teams go into the cup final? That remains to be seen, but we've given all our thoughts on the cup final and a little bit of a roundup from the rest of the Bundesliga as well. So uh, that will be that. It's goodbye from me in a cupboard in Seattle. And goodbye from us two in Vienna, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in Klagenfurt on Sunday listener i thought you were talking to me there for a brief second but alas i shall wipe the tears away and uh, and get over it thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the other bundesliga podcast goodbye